morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 377, The Writing is on the Wall. Today, we will be peeking behind the curtain to see who's really running the world, and friends, you might be surprised. But let me ask, you know, do you prefer comforting lies or unpleasant truths. I mean, do you really want to know? Do you really care about what's going on in the world and 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 want to know what's up, what's really going on? Because if that's the case, bear with me here. But straight out the gate, I want to I want to line out three things everybody seems to be talking about today that I don't really care about. Things that don't really matter to me, okay? But you probably hear people talking about them. So let's just touch on. Let me tell you what doesn't really matter to me. Number 1, the fact that Kevin the Schmuck McCarthy's rotten budget deal just gave the Democrats, you know, he gave Democrats secret concessions to get the votes that he needed to kind of keep the uniparty lurching forward and to solidify his position as a rhino sellout. And of course, if, uh, if you were to ask any of the other sellouts who signed on to this abomination, this was a big win for McCarthy. In reality, it was just a big win for the establishment. A second thing that I really don't care about is that yet another state, this time it happens to be Virginia, Virginia is sending National Guard troops down to the southern border to defend against the ongoing invasion of illegal aliens and drug smugglers and grifters and cartels, some of whom apparently now they're packing AT-4 shoulder-fired missiles. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to shoot an AT-4 shoulder-fired missile, but I've shot lots of them, and it's kind of fun. You can blow stuff up, you know, like tanks. I don't know why they're packing them across the southern border. Nothing to see here moving along. Now, the third point that I really don't care about, but I think needs to be made, is that Chris, the Tub Tub Christie, is promising to be a wild card in the 2024 presidential race. I don't know why this guy thinks anybody likes him or anybody in their right mind would vote for him to be the president. Never mind that. He's going to run as a wild card in the 2024 race, as is former Vice President Mike Pence, who plans to officially announce his candidacy next week. Wow, Chris, the Tub Tub Christie, Mike Pence, you know, a great, you know, along with Tim, the nice guy, Scott, Tim Scott's recent entry into the race. Friends, that brings the Republican field up to nine very politically motivated and ambitious contenders. Nine, that's quite the array there. Link in the report. You know, the 2024 election season, I mean, it's picking up steam. People are getting hot and heavy about it. And on the Democrat side, there are currently two people challenging the sock puppet Joe Biden, the anti-vax activist Robert Kennedy Jr., RFK, and then the uh, self-help guru Marianne Williamson, who happens to be an absolutely radical environmentalist. Anyway, that you know, that field may be getting a lot more serious here in the coming weeks, because now there are rumors that a coalition of leftist billionaires are rallying around Jamie Dimon and trying to push him into the race. And you should know that Jamie Dimon, you know, he's considering getting into politics, though it's it's not real clear how he's going to have time to run the country 
since he's already so busy running America's biggest bank, hanging out with pedophiles and globetrotting around making deals with the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, this is the guy the left wants to prop up in case the sock puppet happens to stumble. Never mind that, friends. Of course, he's he's not the only billionaire mogul making deals with the CCP. Elon Musk is out there hot on his heels. And as I was looking at this, you know, why are all these billionaires making all of these concessions with China? Is it just because of the market? Like they just want to get, you know, access to those billions of, you know, over a billion Chinese peasants who who are eager to become consumers and play the game of life. Is that why? And as I was looking into it, come to find out the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they control the four largest banks, by far the largest banks in the world. Maybe that's why Elon Musk and Jamie Dimon are, you know, playing patty cake with the CCP. I don't know. I put a screenshot here, friends, in the report today. If you are listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com. At Torch Report 377, you can check out the screenshot. It's got a little global map, color-coded and all that, but it has a ranking of all of the biggest banks in the world. J.P. Morgan and Chase, run by Jamie Dimon. The pedophile is, uh, it's there, number five, okay? And then Bank of America is right behind it. They're pretty close uh, now. But the top four spots are all by China. And they are like way, way, way bigger than these small little American multinational corporations. No, uh, you look at what's all the top 10. You got four China, two U.S., one Japan, one U.K., and two French banks out there. Anyway, it's just fascinating, friends. If you look at it like this. It's really just a numbers game. You know, that's why China is being hailed as the role model for the world. Look at they've got the biggest banks. They got the most control over their peasants. All of this, you know, that's why all the major players claim there's not going to be any decoupling from China. No, we're not going to be mean to China. We're going to play nice with China, you know, and that's also why the global cabal has given the United States an ultimatum. Either go the way of China or you're going to go the way of Rome, because, hey, friends, from that for that elite political class and their perspective, if you can't beat them, why not join them? Huh? You know, why struggle against the inevitable? Right. Wrong. <laughs> Resist. We must, friends. Resist. We must. But all of that said, I really don't care about all of that. And I'm going to take a little time here to try and explain why. OK, it's not apathy. It's not that I don't care at all. It's it's not even that these things don't matter. It's not that they are not important. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that they are less important, much less important than other pressing issues. And given the fact that each of us only have so much mental bandwidth, I mean, we can only think about so much, right? We can only have so much on the on the radar. Since we can only focus on so much at any given time, it feels imperative to me to focus on and discuss the bigger issues in order to bring attention to what's really going on here. Because these are, are big things, but it's not the biggest thing. And I really want to raise awareness to the issues that are truly threatening the future of humanity. And I don't mean that, uh, you know, high you know, it's not hyperbole, friends. I'm not exaggerating. It's truly a threat to the future of humanity, these things that are going on. You know, the, the, the political circus is going to continue. The corruption and the extortion and the southern invasion, all of this, these are major issues. Don't get me wrong, but 
they're going to continue. And, and there's a bigger issue. Here's the bigger issue. The bigger issue is that the global elites are using weaponized AI to hack humanity. They're using weaponized AI to manipulate public perception. They're using weaponized AI to literally transform human consciousness at the biological level, at the neurosynaptic level. We've studied all of this. And it's this insidious plot to hack humanity that ultimately makes all of the rest of their scheming possible. This is why they've gotten away with everything they've gotten away with and why they will continue to get away with it. This is why most of the public remains completely ignorant and complacent and distracted and docile. It's by design. This is why they continue to advance their agenda with such brash confidence. Okay, it's, it's completely misplaced. They think that they can alter humanity. They think that they can save the planet. They think that they can assimilate us all into the collective, usher us into the future Earth, and then we can have this great, you know, inescapable socialist utopian fantasy. But hell no, we won't go. You know, this is not what's best for humanity, though they believe that it is. They believe that we are hackable animals. And to some extent, we are. They believe that we are destroying the planet. They believe that they just don't need the majority of the human population. And they've long been forming a plan to deal with this overpopulation, with this pesky predicament of mankind. Friends, if you've been with me, you know what I'm talking about. If it's unfamiliar to you, click the links and check out the predicament of mankind. Uh, links in the report today, friends. But just sit with all of that for a second and ask, is this not more important than the political circus? I mean, yeah, the political circus is important and, and yeah, I mean, all that kind of stuff, but isn't this more important? They're, they're hacking humanity. They're changing our brains. Zoik scoop. What are we going to do? <laughs> oh, friends around this time last year, um, in torch report 135, the, uh, the importance of believing in possible things. I was really hammering on that quote in Alice in Wonderland, why I believe, uh, you know, six impossible things before breakfast. You know, we have to be willing to be curious the idea that these things might be true because I present it there for you to look and develop your own informed perspective. But I was reporting on last year, Report 135, the importance of believing in possible things. I was reporting on the rise of sentient AI. Right. There is that Google engineer. He got let go because he came out, blew the whistle, said this stuff is spooky. Right. Sentient. Now, I was also reporting on the suspicious pattern of color revolutions that were happening all around the world. And I was also uh, reporting on the zero carbon solution, the zero carbon solution to save the planet, which is really, quote, depopulation through forced vaccinations, end quote. Mic drop, okay? The zero carbon solution, hey, we'll just depopulate the planet through forced vaccinations, you know? And all of that seemed to coincide and correlate perfectly with the globalist agenda that for me at that time was just coming to light. Friends, I didn't, you know, I wasn't born knowing this, right? I, I just figured it out because I, holy smokes, when the pandemic got real and I started, man, something's not right here and started looking into it and started learning these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to believe this, but this will look, look what's happening. It seems impossible, but that doesn't mean that it's not what's happening. So that's the heart behind the torch report is doing all of this research and then sharing it with you so that you can learn too. And also, so you can keep me in check. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to like to learn if I'm wrong. Now, friends, I've learned a lot since torch report 135. In fact, 
Uh, I've written more than 260 reports based on thousands and thousands of hours of research since the first time I stumbled on the fact that the global cabal, the global elite, were using weaponized AI. Okay, that was that was back in Torch Report 113, the enemies on the move. I, I learned that wow, they're using this weaponized AI to control emerging public perceptions. That was May 10th last year. I revealed the UN Global Pulse Initiative and the WHO's efforts to immunize humanity against so-called misinformation. So I've been talking about this for over a year now. And I, I, I share that partly to provide a backdrop for the new subscribers. And by the way, welcome. Thank you to the new subscribers. Thanks for joining the audience here. Uh, but this, this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, right? And someone's kind of kind of out there on the bleeding edge, you know, in this fringe trying to talk about things that I think are more important than political circus. And it's hard to get traction out there, which is why it's so important that you like, uh, that you subscribe, that you share this with your friends, share the torch report, share the podcast, share it on Spotify or Apple, share it directly from the website, share it from your phone. But sharing is caring. At any rate, not just to provide the backdrop, about what I've been talking about for over a year now, but also to reflect and connect on the current circumstances, connect, reflect on and connect to the current circumstances. I've documented at length, friends, the global campaign against misinformation. I've documented that it's firmly rooted in crushing political dissent, and it's all about consolidating control. Thus, the use of weaponized AI found its original application facilitating the mostly peaceful political coups against any leader around the world who stood in the way of the agenda. Today, we find more news out about a maiden-style coup in the Serbian capital of Belgrade. Now, the circumstances there, friends, are remarkably similar to what happened in Ukraine, leading up to the ongoing proxy war, the meat grinder between Russia and NATO. Just like Historically, Ukraine did not want to join the NATO alliance. Serbia does not want to join the NATO alliance either. But now they're facing riots in the streets. You know, geez, now why might that be? Hmm, the pattern is there. You know what? I really don't care why that's happening. I only share that to point out the pattern in order to pivot to the heart of all of our problems here. You know, those who control the flow of information have control over public perspective. Okay? It's just that simple. They have control over what people think and what they believe and how they behave. And if those who control the flow of information via algorithmic social interventions and weaponized AI and state-sponsored censorship, if they want violence in the streets, they're going to evoke the requisite theory and get their violence in the street. Good sense and logic be damned. You know, it's happened over and over again, and it's happening again right now, as proven by the events in Belgrade and the 400 plus other anti-government protests all around the world. We talk about this. Now, have you heard about, I must ask, have you heard about how the EU, the European Union, is demanding that Kosovo redo their most recent elections? Like they had the elections and they're like, ah, yeah, I guess, you know, we don't really like that guy. You got to have to do your elections again so we can get the guy that we want in there, right? So guess what? Kosovo is not a member of NATO either. Holy smokes, you know? So all these countries that are not members of, of 
NATO, they're having all kinds of anti-government protests. And and now the NATO peacekeepers, quote unquote peacekeepers, they're over there spilling blood in the disputed soil of the region. Friends, it's sickening what's happening. But let's bring it home a little bit. Bill Gates predicts that we'll have a hung election and a civil war in 2024. Is this what it's going to look like? Is it going to look like a maiden revolution? Are UN peacekeepers going to come in and spill blood? You know, friends, the point is, it's the same playbook that's being used over and over. And in every case, the intended outcome is the consolidation of more power and control in the hands of the global cabal. So that's what's happening geopolitically. All that said, the bigger issue still is the use of the weaponized AI. It's being used to control the public's reaction to these unfolding events. And I'd say it's also being used to drive these unfolding uh, geopolitical events. Okay, The weaponized AI is huge, huge, huge. Now, while there are more and more intellectually honest journalists who are starting to sound the alarm, over all of this state-sponsored censorship, you know, the weaponized AI, the censorship industrial complex that's starting to come to light. Thanks to Matt Taibbi and the Twitter files. Thanks to the, you know, the um, Jim Jordan's weaponized uh, investigation in the weaponized agencies and all that. But the, the fact remains that the majority of the public still is blissfully unaware of what's happening. And of course, that's not by accident. In fact, that's really the whole point. You know, ignorance is bliss. You know, if people don't realize that the globalists are culling the herd, depopulating the planet, destroying cultural heritage, systematically eradicating dissent, conquering non-compliant countries, and intentionally conditioning humanity to accept all of this insanity as if it's necessary, as if it's for the greater good, you know, then it... it it's like it never happened. If people don't know that it's happening, then it's like it never happened. Jeez. And then one day we'll all wake up in future Earth. We will eat bugs. We will own nothing. We'll pay taxes, be tracked and treated like lab animals, hackable animals that we are. You know, heck, with Musk's neuralinked microchip in our brains, which was just approved by the FDA for human trials. By the way, friends, with the neuralink microchip in our brains, we might even become enlightened. We might even be able to speak Chinese. <laughs> Oh, friends, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the writing on the wall. I put a link in there. The writing on the wall goes to a, an article over at the by Jim Quinn over at the Burning Platform. He did a really great job, and he had this, this graphic there, and it's a quote from The Brave New World, published 1931 by El, uh, Aldous Huxley. And it says, quote, a really efficient totalitarian state would be one in which the all-powerful executive of political bosses and their army of managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. Period. End quote. Huxley was brilliant and prescient in his foresight. The public-private partnerships and their army of managers controlling a population of slaves who don't even realize they've been enslaved in their own minds. They don't have to be coerced to be compliant because they love their servitude. Friends, they love their servitude. Thus, I guess we cannot say that we were never warned, friends, and therefore resist we must 
next. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or on the website. You go to the website, you click that heart, you click lots of hearts. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Stay thankful, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.